listening to Colin Bradley Artcast with Colin Bradley and Stephen Bradley. Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Hi, Dad. Hello on this lovely, beautiful, I'm very happy to say, <laughs> day. It's lovely out today. We just had a walk out, uh, Mum and I, and along the Broad Stairs Promenade, and it was up to the station to get my tickets because we're off to see you tomorrow. Yeah. And it's absolutely gorgeous. It really is out, considering all the rotten weather we've had recently. It's such a pleasant change to go out. A bit breezy out there, but, uh, you know, you can put up with that. It's a rain and the wind together that's been a nightmare. I'm sure people in the UK would have suffered, as we've suffered. (laughs) There you are. That's what what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Got to be rough with the smooth. Exactly. Exactly. What have you been working on recently then? Oh, well, I've 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 been really busy, as you know. We've got a lovely project which is coming out on YouTube, as we felt it's a time to, you know, do a little bit more um, promotion work and PR work for the um, the YouTube has been so good to us over the last seven years. I cannot extend how um, grateful we are, both of us to what we've achieved. I think most of our customers or our clients and our members would have found us on YouTube. Mm. So so it's been wonderful. And with this new picture, which is a great picture, I don't want you, you don't want me to talk about it, do you? Or do you want me to talk about it? The YouTube one? The one that's coming up, yeah. Oh, the yeah, you one. can talk the YouTube one. Oh, yeah. well. Well, what happened, um, <laughs> Steve and I were talking a little while ago about how we should have another a little freebie on there. And uh, this is, you know, this is not to take anything away from the member site. They'll, they'll obviously enjoy it too. Uh, but it is a, a simple picture. Well, I say that. It look, looks quite complicated when you look at it but it's actually quite a simple only eight pencils and i wanted we wanted to put something out on youtube again the uh, jack russell has been amazingly successful both as a product and uh, a project rather and um you know rewarding for us for new members and so on so uh, this this is what it's all about but it's a lovely picture and steve and i was to say we're chatting about what we should do and uh, we decided to do a puppy and uh, it's a gorgeous little uh, border collie puppy, and uh, really lovely. And I, I hope that you'll love it as much as we have. And um, it's going to be a great project. So that's coming up very soon. Mm. When I show uh, people, they can't, can't believe that it's a beginner's project. They think it's really yes. Mm, they think, gosh, you know that. You mean I can do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, we know people can because uh, our members have have showed us fantastic, uh, quite complicated projects and they've done them. And I also wanted to do black with the Jack Russell. It was a great picture, but there were a lot of ochre in it, just a little bit of uh, black in it. But basically it was ochre. And I wanted to put something uh, in that was black, basically, because people, there's, there's so many black animals about. And I know that uh, even um, our members have struggled a bit with black. But because we have got a good system going and a good way of building up uh, quite simply with the um, medium tones, black it presents really no problem. And uh, as we found with the 
lovely black jet, uh, Labradors we've had recently. Mm. So I thought, well, you know, let's go for it. Let's get people um, having a go. And if they're impressed with the Jack Russells, we know they have been when they've uh, they've done it. They're going to be even more impressed with this one when they do this and think, I never knew. Oh, you know what excites me, Steve, when uh, the people, you know, around the world uh, do these pictures and then they show them to their family and friends. And I'd love to be a fly on the wall when these pictures are presented to them. The, you never did. You didn't. No, you, you know, and all the disbelief that goes with it. And the smile on the face of the artist saying, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. I think that is uh, it's a lovely picture in my mind when I think people have done that. So anyway, you're going to love this. Mm. And of course, we've got another, some couple of great projects. I've, I've excelled myself over the last uh, few weeks, haven't I? Mm, and sure. with the picture, which picture I'm doing at the moment is another one that's going to knock people's eyes off. You know, they're going to absolutely love it. Yeah. So, I'm in a good place. Lots and lots of exciting things to be looking forward to. Absolutely. Um, so we've had a couple in the last week of inquiries, one for the feedback show and one general inquiry about backgrounds. And it's mm. made us think that we should maybe give a little bit of time to it on the podcast to talk mm. about backgrounds. So um, people, we see it often, people don't choose to put a background on. And we've said many times, perhaps don't need to go over why you need to put a background on, because you've said that many times, I think, over the podcasts. Mm. Um, mm. But still people are afraid to do it and because mm. it, it could ruin the picture. And then also, what do you do? So mm. Mm. Um, maybe we'll answer that question first. Um, sure. Why are people well, scared to put a background on? Right. Well, well, well. The reason is that, as you, you quite rightly said, they feel it's going to spoil a picture. And what most people, when they look at my backgrounds and all the pictures that I do, they want to try to, to run before they can walk. But the very best thing to do when you're first starting out, for the first few pictures, don't be too ambitious. There, a picture speaks to you. If you look at your finished picture i mean if you're copying one of mine that's not a problem because i would show you the background anyway so you've got the colors but if you're doing one of your own then when you finish your picture if it's a uh, a portrait of an animal or a person and it's just sort of head and shoulders then what you need to do is to think the background doesn't have to have any detail in it it can just be plain and that's how i would approach when you're first starting, that's how I approach a background, just plain. And you can pick up colors that already you've already used. I usually try to use colors I've used already in the project. For instance, eyes are a good uh, indication. Blue eyes, uh, gray eyes, uh, green eyes. All of these uh, colors can suggest or can be suggested in a background color. And the other thing about it is you don't want to be too vivid with a colour. This is why we always use uh, the light grey and uh, sometimes I use a pink, the 132 pink. And if uh, we're, we're putting green on, then it's grey. Um, then if it's blue, then it would be grey. If it's the ochres, then generally speaking, it can either be light grey or it can be ivory. You've got to put these colours on to start with because they mute the 
stronger colours. And once those colours are down, the first couple of colours are in, then you can put a, perhaps a little stronger colour into it. But I wouldn't certainly use more than two, three colours maybe at the most when you're starting off a picture. I mean, talking talking about, sorry, Steve, t- talking about the pup which is going out, the, the Border Collie puppy, that's got three colours in it. And the first colour was a grey all over. Very simple. Now, the the, the next couple of colours, normally I would just put one colour in and I, I thought, well, I just put green because he's got a beautiful green eye. And I thought, I just put the green in. And I thought, no, it's really, it needs to have another colour in it. So I put green and ochre, two colours mixed together at the same time. And it worked out beautifully. But that's, that's a maximum, I think, when you're starting off. I shouldn't put more than three colours in. Sorry, Steve, what were you going to say? How do you know that it will work? For example, if you um, look at a picture and you see some ochres and some greens and stuff and you think, or if you see multiple colours in the eye, how do you know that that colour that you're choosing Mm. to go for will work? Mm. I tell you what, there's a very simple explanation and you would never guess it. When you look at the animal, okay, look look him in the eyes or look her in the eyes or it in the eyes and squint. In other words, close your eyes almost to closing them, but you can just see it. What it happens is you get just an overall tone then. You won't get all the individual colors. You won't see them. You'll just see an individual tone. It can be like a grayish tone or a greenish tone or a bluish tone. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. And that would be the colour you would put in the background. <clears throat> so along those lines, along the lines of whatever That's, you see. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're uh, confused with lots of colours in an eye, <clears throat> generally speaking, there, it stands out like a sore thumb to me. I kind of look at it and think, gosh, you know, that's that's the, one of the popular colours I've used recently is the. 172 the green because mm. if you've got a green eye then you you might want to put green into the background but if you put the vivid green sometimes they're very strong uh, so the 172 green is always a good one to use uh, you could use that on its own or you could perhaps use another color with it how do even you, on top of it how do you know whether to put two colors into it or not like how do you know when you you could be taking it too far Oh, you don't. This this comes from experience, really. This is why I'm saying play safe when you start off. Play safe. Put something sort of more neutral in. Mm. If you put something that's really stark and contrasting, that can be can throw you off. I think everything backgrounds are all to do with experience. And the more experience you get, the better you become at it. Uh, and when you get to the elaborate backgrounds that I put in, You've really got to know what you're doing to do that or follow me if, if you're doing one of my projects. But um, I can't think in, in all the time that I've been doing backgrounds, I've ever done one I've hated or I didn't like. Now, have I been lucky? Probably. Yes, I probably have been lucky. Uh, but it's not really down to luck. It's a down to how, how you perceive something. And putting a, an impressionistic background in, as we're doing, I'm doing on this new picture. Incidentally, the picture I've got at the moment, I'm at a stage when I've done the head and I'm coming down into the body. Now, when I finish the body, now I'm going to put pores in. And people know once you put pores in, you have to put something. You can't just put a foggy background in. 
otherwise they'll be floating. Now, when I finish this picture, uh, and it'll be a few days before I actually get down to saying, okay, now what do I do with the background? I have absolutely no idea at this moment of time. And what I'm going to do, what I plan to do is spend a little bit of time when I finish the picture explaining on video my thoughts and put my thoughts there so people can see how I'm thinking, working things out, how I can say, do I want it dark? Do I want it light? In this particular case, I want dark coming to light. So it's going to be very, very interesting. Now, whether we can put that as a separate clip might be a good idea, you know, even on YouTube, because people will see then it's the thought patterns that, that uh, I think people find interesting, you know, mm -hmm. Why? What are you thinking, Colin? Why? Why do you choose this? Why have you just chose that bright pink for goodness' sake? Where did that come from? Mm. You know what I mean. So I think this is going to be really interesting, and I, I've I've already planned to do that, and I'm going to do it. So people will actually see me finish the actual subject off with the background to do, including the under the pause, and um. All being well, and I say that with a little about a certain amount of reserve, it's going to work out brilliantly. Mm. But at this time, I don't know. And that is what makes all this exciting, Steve, because you mm. don't know until you actually start, uh, you know, and, and start putting it in. Mm. And I can't go halfway through a background and say, oh, sorry, folks, I made a mistake there. I'll rub it all out. I can't do that. <laughs> well, that's what people are fearful of having to do, aren't they, if they do it? Exactly, exactly. So what, when they see me do it and they see me struggling, as I probably will a bit, then they, they understand and they can put themselves in my shoes. Gosh, that, 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 I can see Colin has the same problem. It's not just, oh, that's a piece of cake. I can do this standing on my head or with my eyes closed. I can't very often. I have to think very carefully when I'm doing a picture. Mm. And that's what everybody should do. You never get blasé. I, I can't get blasé about what I do. I've never been big-headed about what I do because I know that I've got a vulnerability but it's that vulnerability that is exciting that's what keeps you going that's where you get the buzz from and there must have been a point where you went from playing it safe to being a bit braver mm. oh yes well i played it safe right from the beginning as you know the first few pictures i ever did port uh, pastel pencil pictures yes animal pictures yeah first few i didn't put backgrounds on and why because I was frightened. I was frightened to do it. I spent all this time doing it. And now I'm going to put a background. Oh, I don't think so. Thank you. No, no. People. So people have got pictures that I did, even a commission. I've done a few commissions in the early days with no background on. Oh, they looked awful. Uh, oh, they did. Because you imagine you've got just the paper. Mm -hmm. you, you've got nothing to, to soften the effects. And then after doing the simple backgrounds, there must have been a point where you got a bit more confident with that and then went out. Because yeah. you look at some of the recent pictures you've done, like, especially like the two foxes and, and mm. well, the two foxes for sure. And, and I was thinking the other fox, the, the single fox mm. on his own. They're very ambitious backgrounds. There must have been a point where you were like, this, I'm not just going to do a foggy background. I'm not just going to do a four colour background. I'm going to put interest in the background. I'm going to make like... I'm going to like even your early work before membership membership before a long time ago, when you did the two foxes in a landscape, 
and the badger is another picture I remember mm. is where it's re- it's in a scene mm. and uh, that's quite brave to do that well it it, it 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 i think what happened it's a long way a while ago now i've got to try to remember how my my thought patterns were i think what i did i added a color every time another color i got a little bit braver as i went along put right. a few middle i started off very simplistic and and then i started adding a few more colors and that worked i thought oh if that works i'll try again and then I started thinking, um, what if I put a little bit of soft pastel in, that will work. And then it did. And I've got to say, from the time that I started with no backgrounds at all, to the time that I started putting the really strong backgrounds in, was probably about 18 months at the most. Wow, blimey, that's short. I, it is, Steve. And... It's it's amazing that you can actually do it in that short period of time. But I was prolific. I was doing picture after picture after picture after picture. So it's a lot of pictures mm. in, the, in those 18 months. But yes, 18 months and I, I started doing background. But you also got to remember that I, I did a lot of landscape work before, watercolor landscape work. And I used to uh, dabble a bit with impressionism then. Right. You know, when I was doing my foliage and my, you know, especially some of the foliage I used to do on in foregrounds, it was very impressionistic. I used to put all, all sorts of colours and things in, and I've still got evidence of that today, um, way back into 1985, 86, mm. which is only a couple of years after I started. So uh, that helped because I thought, okay, if I can do it there, can I do it with the pastel as well? Mm. So would you say that in doing impressionistic, some impressionistic landscape work would help your backgrounds in animal Definitely. work? Oh, without any shadow of a doubt. I've said this so many times that you should broaden your outlook. People say, oh, yeah, but I like doing animals, so I want to do an- nothing wrong with that. But if you're an artist, you really ought to uh, push the boundaries away out a bit, you know, and, and do something that's a little bit out of your comfort zone, so to speak. Mm. And by doing that, then you see things and touch things. This is why, if you look at the the variety of artwork that I do, is enormous. I don't know of another artist, I can't think of one, that actually goes from one right through the whole spectrum of subject material to the other. Hmm. And the reason I do that is because I love it. Hmm. I love the challenge of going from a portrait of being able to create an eye and, you know, some hair detail through to putting some boats, as I've just recently done in a landscape and uh, skies. Oh, I can go on and on and on. Hmm. And Hmm. then when you move back into doing your animal work, all that experience is under your belt. Hmm. You don't ever lose it. You see, I think people... Forget that. They think, oh, I've, I must have forgotten all that. You don't. It's it's retained, especially if you're doing artwork on a constant basis. You, you retain all the information and all the practice that you've done. But the more you do, the better you are at it. And that's the reason I do what I do. So, as I said, there's, there's several ways you can approach it, really. You can follow me and do my pictures and then learn from the backgrounds and shortcut it because that would be a shortcut to uh, producing backgrounds like I do. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, 
it, it broadened, broadened out a bit. Gosh, we've got enough information now on the member site for them to, you know, have a little go at this landscape and have another go at that portrait and and uh, and so on. Mm. That's that's what I would, uh, you know, my advice to it. Mm. But generally speaking, though, putting in, um, uh, you know, nutshelling it a bit, I would when you're starting out, simplify it. Don't make it and rub the background in using your fingers. Don't go into polychromos or soft pastel to start off with. But as you get bigger, add a couple of colors, add another color, be a bit more experimental. And then you can start to uh, go from there one step at a time. Mm. I like it. I like it. That's uh, that's really good. Uh, I think that's covered a lot. Of, a lot. I can't think of any more questions to ask. <laughs> good, good. Well, that, that's the idea. I mean, we've got, fortunately, we, it, this isn't just a, uh, an audio podcast. People can go to the member site and see what I've got done. They go to YouTube. They can see all the different things. What I did, was impressed with, and, and I'm sure people would be impressed with it on YouTube, member site would have already seen it, but the uh, one you recently put up with the grasses. Now that's something that people have had a lot of problems with in the past. How yeah. to put, how to do grass? And by golly, I'm, I'm, well, I say unfortunately, the YouTube clip is great, but it doesn't show the finish. But the member site does, and people see that uh, grass from beginning to end is well. You, I don't think we'll get any more people saying, I can't do grass, Colin. <laughs> That's very thorough. <laughs> you were very thorough with that. And I learned a lot from, from editing that. I found it fascinating. Yes. Uh, how interesting grass, just grass can be to do. <laughs> right. you, you don't think it's that That's interesting, right. but, it, it, you, know, it, you know, you could do a lot with it. It's a lot more than I thought you could do with it. And imagine if those two two lovely horses were put in and just a bit of fog around them compared with what I did on that picture. I mean, it, it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? Mm. Um, I just actually just you mentioned that the sky that goes in the horse on the on the background of the horses. I mean, there's no blue anywhere in that. So you would wouldn't you think that it would contrast against the warm colours? Yeah, the reason why it works, Stephen, is because it was a light blue. There was it wasn't any vividness about it. Oh. We, because we start with the white colour, and if you look at the blue, uh, after all, if you were to see horses in a field and look up at the sky, you'd have a blue sky with a horse in the field. Yeah, it's the subtlety of tone between the two colours. If I'd have made that a bright blue sky, that would have looked ghastly mm. and did you use a i can't remember if you used a warm gray or anything like that with it uh, i was I st no i didn't not the on white. the sky no no i no didn't on the sky. Or anything uh, no no it was just white uh, and the blues but once you've got the the 140 which is a very mild blue and you rub that in so you've got the sky basically a very light um tone and then you add the other colors but they are supplementary the 143 and the 151 which i added afterwards are supplementary to that because you've already made the statement on the paper by by putting the white and the blue rubbing it in so that it's a reception area mm. and if you notice that all i think all of the uh, the um horses had a gray under undertone they, they it, it wasn't we didn't put 
brown on. Now, people would have probably been surprised. What's your stick grey underneath there for? But when you look at the end product, the grey mutes those strong tones. And horses aren't solid brown. <laughs> no, of course <laughs> they're not. They've got a grey, washed out kind of brown, aren't they? They're, they're, you know, that's, you've got it. It's more realistic. You've got it. Okay, good. All right, well, that's covered backgrounds um, for a little while, maybe. <laughs> well, sure for a little probably, while. It's going to sure. keep rearing its ugly. Well, it's, I say it's not an ugly head. I, I love backgrounds and I enjoy talking about them. So uh, don't ever worry about um, that, folks. If you've got more questions, bring them up and we mm. can repeat it all again. Mm. I've got one question that came up, came through that I've got on my notes here. Um, so we'll just finish with that. So Liz says, when Colin uses the shapers, does he tap it or does he spread the pastel? Also, when using the pencil, does he turn the pencil to keep the point? Oh, they're good questions. Mm. Um, yes, yes. Uh, the answer to all of that is yes, everything. I do it all. When I rub, if you use the colour shaper, you blend, really. You blend the colours into themselves or to make them smoother, depending on the whether it's the grey or the ivory you're using. Now, tapping is something that was – it's fairly recent, that. I think it's only in the last uh, – certainly in the last couple of years that I've actually used that technique because I found that I needed to – blend the color into themselves without rubbing it so by tapping it you keep the individual color there you don't spread it around a bit mm. what i mean it's a it's a much gentler approach i'll give you a very good example of this it when you're doing foliage and you're putting the greens and the grays and and uh, the ochres into a tree imagine that you've got your color shaper and you put it all there and you go hammer and tongs at it and blend it what would you have at the end of the day you'd have a greeny blacky gray ochre smudgy muddy mess so how do you get over that because you see me using the color shaper i tap it usually so what i'm doing is is those individual colors i've got i tap them so that it still pushes the color into the paper but it doesn't spread them around mm. and mess like a muddy mess so that's the reason I do it like that. So it's uh, tapping is good, but not used a lot. I don't use it a lot. But you see, when you're working on artwork, you work on instinct. And there's a little voice, I told you about this little voice, that tells you to do this and tells you to do that. Mm. And it, it, you, you kind of know it. You don't know why you know it, but you do. And if you're, if you're open to that and you're in the zone, so to speak then you will hear it and gradually you come to listen to it. And it tells, it, it tells me everything I need to, whenever I get to a point, and of course I, I'm narrating this as well, invariably. Yeah. So what you hear through the narration is that little voice actually talking to you mm. indirectly. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And because I'm doing it spontaneously, Mm. Well, folks, I'm just tapping this now, and this creates uh, – it stops the blend and so on. This is my voice. and But that little voice is, is coming through me to you. I'm, like, channeling it, really. Yes, inner artist. Yes, that's it. So that's how it works. Now, do I twist the pencil around? Yes, I do. Uh, very often it is to retain the point quite right. And uh, other times I twist the pencil because – if you're putting um, 
white, say, white hair of a cat or a tiger or whatever over the top of a dark color and you don't twist it, you tend to bring it straight back again. So you bring the black back. You go into the black and you bring it back again. By twisting the pencil, I don't know why it works, but it does. Mm. Um, by twisting the pencil, as you see me do, you can create some fantastic effects by mm. putting the dark color, the light colors uh, over the dark. Mm. So, yes, I do. And, of course, you can retain the point, as I said. Good question, though. Yeah, very good question. Well, we'll finish with that, uh, those little tips. Lots in this show, I think. Lots of good advice. Um, I hope that's helped everyone. Um, not that we're pushing for questions, but if you have questions, which I'm sure you do. The thing is, we reply to people straight away. So um, mm-hmm. I often don't <laughs> select people's questions for the podcast because we've covered them. So um, as you keep sending them in, I will um, select some for, for next week. We'll be a little bit more prepared, shall we? Yes. Um, <laughs> but look out uh, on YouTube and obviously on the members site for the new puppy of Border Collie um coming out and uh and that and let us know what you think about that um we'll be back next week with another feedback show lots of artwork being sent in lots of great pictures so um and a, another chance to talk a little bit about backgrounds then i think with an example good um, good so yeah perfect okay well um anything else to say dad were you just about to say something uh, no I, I i was just going to mention very briefly that that Gabriel sent us a tiny, tiny little um, one, a 270. I, I've never seen anything <laughs> quite so small. How on earth she got her finger into there? You know, to hold it. I just don't know. Well, but it's on Facebook. People, ex- people were saying they use pencil extenders. You wouldn't, you wouldn't. I don't think you'd be able to use it for that. It's too small. Really? Yeah, I don't think you'd get that into a pencil extender. If you'd got it in, you wouldn't get it out again. <laughs> Did you see, though, did you see other people's comments on that? Because, no, I haven't, and oh, I will do. Okay, have a, look at the, have a look at the comments below, because people posted their other ones, and they're smaller. Oh, no. <laughs> I, th- I think Claudia had a whole tray full. It was, Good Lord. So there you go. That's Gabrielle and everyone out there is really making the most of these pencils. Yeah. No, I'm not being tight or anything. It's just that... Uh, uh, I like small pencils, yeah. and I like the challenge of using them. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, excellent. Okay, we'll, we'll speak to everyone next week on the feedback show. Um, I haven't mentioned this in a while, but we're still on iTunes, so if anyone's listening through iTunes and wants to leave us a, a positive review, then it will help boost us up those rankings. I think we're now, oh, last time I checked, it was 183 on the visual arts iTunes chart, which is impressive out of all the thousands yeah. of millions of podcasts that are out there so well done yeah. dad well, well done. we're doing well we're doing well <laughs> we're moving very gradually up there yeah i've only been doing it for a few years <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks everyone for listening i'm stephen bradley and i'm colin bradley enjoy, enjoy your week, week. visit colinbradleyart.co.uk.